passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final edition of Post Pro Res for the year, and actually the final show period from post wrestling in 2021. I am John Pollock, joined as always by WH Park. WH, a happy almost new year to you. Yeah, happy almost new year to you as well, John. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're closing out 2021, uh, maybe not necessarily with a bang, but certainly not with a whimper. No, no. Um, well, the, the city, I think, is kind of uh, ending the year on a on a bit of a whimper. It's uh, I, I don't even I don't even want to talk about the uh, the pandemic. I think people are so tired of hearing about uh, all of it. I'm sure you are. Uh, I definitely am. But uh, yeah, we've got uh, 2022 to look forward to. I, I will be ringing in 2022 with a with a booster shot that's been uh, that's been scheduled for for next week sometime in the early part of uh, next year. What are you? Uh, are you team Pfizer? Are you team Moderna? I'm a, a Pfizer man. Oh, okay. Uh, it's all Pfizer and me, baby. Man, I'm a, I'm all Moderna, you know? Uh, but Hey, um, sometimes, you know, you, you and I, we, we've got all our bases covered. That's right. We can, uh, we can uh, swap stories with the uh, way and, and uh, Mike Murray, Mike Murray's like, like AstraZeneca. And, and then I think he's Pfizer. So he's all cocktailed up. Oh yeah. Well, he, he can fight any, any, anything that comes his way. So right. let us get into uh, what, what's going to be a very packed show that will all culminate 
with WH Park's annual year-end awards. He has uh, isolated several categories, and he will give his choices and let us know what uh, on a year that uh, WH, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you you have been a little down on pro wrestling as a whole uh, this mm-hmm. year, but you you did glean some some uh, positives from the year for the year-end awards. I mean, just as a kind of a mild spoiler, like the thing I felt the most passionate about about wrestling this year was Joshi wrestling. Like anytime like I got excited about something I watched from Japan, it wasn't in Japan. It wasn't Noah. It wasn't all Japan. It wasn't Dragon Gate. It wasn't DDT. It, it was, it was some, it was stardom usually, or and in some cases, sometimes it was, you know, seed ring or, or ice ribbon or, or some other thing. And, and I just got to think it has, has to be because the booking in these companies is actually, you know, consistently logical and, and good and god god forbid like we should have that across the world you know <laughs> well what has it been like for you that is you know like you've you know you've had your like um peaks and valleys of following stardom but you you follow it pretty consistently and to see the the leaps and bounds i think it, it has made in 2021 i think you have to like you know it within context this is not something like you know stardom is suddenly this mainstream product in japan but it was uh for their 10th anniversary year if you look at where stardom was uh one year ago today this has been a tremendous year for them i think for me personally it's like looking at their roster and seeing how there is a constant trend of elevation and there's a constant desire by you know people in the company to want to make new stars and to keep things fresh which i find you know no pun intended refreshing because like i look at the new japan roster and i don't feel anything fresh about that i and i and not just i don't want to pick on new japan it's it's also like noah and and all japan now it's it's very hard to get into these companies if you're always if you're a person if you're a fan who likes to see you know like people become stars like get new fresh interactions between different wrestlers and different factions and things and you get that from from stardom and you get that from i think joshi in general there's like this trend in joshi to create new stars in general and i i think we're reaping we as fans that follow it are are reaping the benefits of that well, we're going to kick things off by going into a Stardom's huge uh, Dream Queendom show. But is is there anything, WH, that makes you feel as old as when these matches are happening and they put up like the date of birth uh, graphic? Uh, Azumi, born October 2002. Um, I try not to think about it, John. I really don't. Um, I, mean, I just like, are they good wrestlers? Are they putting on an entertaining match? That's great. I don't really think about how old they are and how old I am. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it does uh, showcase uh, th- their youth movement. And this was, you know, uh, a big event for them uh, taking place uh, from Rio Goku Sumo Hall in front of 3,039 fans. And uh, WHU had actually uh, just sent me this earlier about uh, an article on stardom and just the uh, the increase that they have made under under Bushi Road over the past number of years that they have gone from seventh place among uh, professional wrestling operations in Japan uh, from seventh to third overall in tickets sold. Uh, and 
Now, Stardom is the number two promotion for average attendance, uh, surpassing Dragon Gate who, uh, for the number three spot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to think about, you know, Stardom and, and really Joshi as a whole, like maybe three years ago, not that long ago. And, and to see the progress that, that the whole scene because like what's the, what's the rising tides uh, bring up all the ships. I think that's true with, with stardom. Like um, as, as you get into like getting into these shows, especially I think if you're bringing in new fans, especially like maybe bridging out to like the women fans who might not have been into Joshi for whatever reason, which is, which is weird to think about the, the peak of Joshi was like predominantly female fans to, to seeing maybe they come into through stardom and they say, Oh, who are these wrestlers from another company like Marvelous or something like that? I'm going to check out Marvelous. And then through Marvelous, maybe you get exposed to Sendai Girls. And then through Sendai Girls, maybe you get exposed to Ice Ribbon and, and Seed Ring and, and things like that. So I, I think, you know, we got to also kind of talk about, to some extent, like the, the fact that Stardom does have kind of open doors with a lot of the Joshi, other Joshi promotions, that it's benefiting the whole scene um, in, in so many positive ways. So today's show, uh, actually on Wednesday's show, um, again, the attendance was uh, 3,039. We also have a fantastic report, as usual, from Karen Peterson that is up on the site. If you uh, not just want a great uh, great review of the show, but also putting a lot of the stories and matches into their proper context. And I think it uh, will explain a lot if you are somebody that is new to the product. I think that's it's a great guide as well about kind of what some of the characters symbolize. And I would say especially WH for the Julia Konami match. I mean, that one was an extremely uh, sentimental match in memory of Hanukkah. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, I think you dubbed Karen on the Christmas show, the, uh, the rookie of the year. And I, you know, I, I can't argue with that, uh, that title for her. I think she's just acquitted herself so well, like joining our team and, and such a really great resource for, for our listeners and, and our, our, the people who visit the site and want more information are like, Oh, it's a stardom show that like maybe WH and John talk about really highly of like, what's it about? Can I get into it? And like, if you read Karen's reports of any of the shows that she's reviewed, you can like it's very very easy to like understand like the context and the storylines behind them because you know not every show is going to have english commentary or english subtitles or anything like that so yeah i mean you know like she does synopsis you know spoiler free synopsises so you can you can read a bit of it and then go watch the show or if you just watch the show and then go read it it's it's you're gonna get oh that's what that meant Yes. Uh, rookie of the year following such a luminaries uh, past rookie of the year is including Andrew Thompson and uh, WH's man, Eric Marcoche. That's right. Mr. Marcoche. He told me, I don't know if you heard John. He said that is Marcotte is the French uh, pronunciation. Yes, and I, yes, and, this I, is breaking and, I news. Said, and I said, that's the uh, French Canadian pronunciation, but the French French pronunciation is Marcoche. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I caught the uh, the last five matches of the show, so I did not see the the first three. Um, it opened uh, with Fukujin Death uh, was uh, defeating. Sorry, with uh, was this the the four way? What was the, the opener? Fi- it was a five way battle. Which, five way. <laughs> I'll be honest, I skipped. Okay, uh, fair enough. Fukujin Death, uh, Karyoyama. That's that's the person underneath the gimmick. Uh, taking on Wakasukiyama, Lady C, Saki Kashima. 
and Rina, and it's just the opener, just to kind of like you know. Get Sukiyama was going to do English commentary with Stuart Fulton right after this match. I saw the the Japanese version of the show, so I didn't hear the English commentary. But I believe uh, Sukiyama was going to do this match and then jump on to do color commentary for the rest of the show. Yeah, so I I also just watched the the Japanese version, so I I don't know how. Uh, I'm sure Stuart Fulton always does a great job with any wrestling show he commentates whether it's noah or he he might be the most valuable resource for any of these companies when it comes to expanding to an english-speaking audience in 2021 oh for sure for sure i mean he last time i heard his commentary with for stardom he had uh mina shirakawa as his uh color commentator so that was okay i mean you know um i don't know like so i don't know how uh sakiyama acquitted herself hopefully well well enough but i'm sure Stuart was more than adequate to like you know help uh keep things on track uh hanan defeated uh ruka to uh, win the future of stardom championship and then the artists of stardom championship saw micah hameka and natsupoi retain their championships against uh, mina shirakawa unagi sayaka who would get involved later for a challenge being issued and uh, my sakurai so that is uh the those are the matches i did not see but um the first two very short matches and then yeah. the the artists of stardom championship just going over 13 minutes yeah i mean you can you can skip future stardom championship it's it's okay i mean if, if you know like later on if either hanan or rocket become bigger stars go back you can watch this on the you know Stardom world archives but um i definitely would recommend watching the artists of stardom championship like donna del mundo this especially this trio of micah himeka and natsupoi are really really good but you know cosmic angels did really well as you know, in the match as well, because like Mina Shirakawa and Nagi Sayaka have excellent excellent chemistry and, and my Sakurai as kind of like the new member of Cosmic Angels, you know, quit herself well, but uh, it was, it was a really hard hitting match. And that's something I really love about Stardom John. It's like it, you know, like there was some hard hitting stuff. That there we is like into. really stiff shots in here. And like, that's a, like in the, we'll talk about the Konami, you know, um, uh, uh, julia match but like one of the things that they were saying was the word the phrase bachi bachi which is something that you know like people would would say in reference to you know katsuyori shibata and the way he wrestled because it's very much uh you know in reference to battle arts which is like bachi bachi was kind of like the the nickname for their kind of style really stiff the next match was the high speed championship with starlight kid koguma and azumi 19 year old azumi again born in october of 2002 uh, when i was uh my final year of high school uh koguma recently offered a uh, full-time contract and this this match where it culminated first of all koguma went for this like mahi stall cradle on starlight kid but it was a counter so the referee was making the count and then as the counter was made, he didn't take any kind of break. It was just like he kept the same rhythm. So it was like this confusion as if he had counted three and the bell rang, but it, it had actually been a two count and the women had kicked out on time. But it was because of this count. It was just like one one seamless strike of the mat after the other that made it feel like a three count and uh, just caught everyone's attention because the bell did ring thinking this was the finish. So uh, timekeeper not smartened up here to what was going to be the outcome. I, I I don't mind things like that because it makes it seem more realistic, you know, like, Oh, like if something is not necessarily perfect in a wrestling match, that's good. That means, Hey, it's not all choreographed or anything like that. But like, I, I'm not a huge fan of like when a referee hits the mat to count, like, 
it sounds like that's the the one count the first you know but you know the then they do, they do the second three and but the three is actually the two so it is kind of confusing but you know what you, you can't really blame the referee because this these wrestlers fast. they were like if you blink you probably missed 10 moves oh this the final two minutes are if you enjoy like the fish out of water sequence that is a staple everywhere this was the ultimate version of it for pretty much two minutes and it was unbelievable it ended with starlight kid shoving koguma into Azumi and then winning with the roll-up uh but these final two minutes it was just um it, like your jaws just hanging uh uh, on the floor watching the sequences here from all three of them. I, I gotta say post-match like starlight kids, like just demeanor and just her just being an asshole <laughs> to Kakuma. She's and fantastic. To, she is such a great heel, John. Like I, I don't know too many people who embrace and really want to, you know, kind of be a heel like, trying not to i don't she doesn't want to be liked she don't want to be a cool heel she just wants people to hate her and and you know you admire the the artistry of it but my guy like if, if you just watch it from the context of like the storyline it's like man i i really want to see her lose that title and she, so as a heel she's doing a really good job and i'm i'm very very excited to see the the one-on-one rematch for that title between azumi and Starlight Kid, which is, I think, something that will probably be a feature match sometime early next year. That's what this felt like it would be the ne- the next logical uh, championship match with Azumi uh, not included in the pinfall. Julia and Konami, um, this was, as we mentioned, this was an extremely emotional match uh, for those that, that know the history. And uh, Julia uh, coming back after her neck injury that took her out of the five-star Grand Prix back in September. And, you know, from the reports that were out there, WH, it looked like that was going to be her tournament to win. And she would have been the one challenging for the World of Stardom Championship on this card. Yeah, I mean, you know, things uh, happen in wrestling and things, you know, take a turn and sometimes it takes a turn for the better, at least in my opinion. I but- think this worked out so much better. Like this was the story of the year culminating that I I thought that this worked out um, better. And Julia is, you know, someone that you can you can go to that that program down the road. This did not, to me, need to happen today. And they they went with something that probably at the beginning of the year, they didn't expect Shuri to be the star that she would become in this feud would be so influential for stardom. I thought it, you know, they, they went with what was the, the stronger option that was handed to them. Oh, and, and with Julia, it's like, you can insert her in any kind of main event program and you could insert her into the, into the role of being the, the, you know, the red champion anytime. And it's fine. She, you can wait with her because she's already a star. Like, I, you know, she just exudes so much charisma and there is an aura about her whenever she's on TV that it's like, yeah, yeah, she's she's definitely one of the, the you know, the the featured players on the stardom roster. And and rightfully so, like there there is, I think, something very compelling about watching Julia's like promos and her wrestling, of course. So Konami is going to be going on an extended indefinite hiatus after this match. She had battled uh, acute enteritis earlier this year and has stated that she needs to go, you know, treat her condition and is hopeful of returning, but it seems that her, her future is at least in, in doubt. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. Like I, I really, really hope that she's able to come back, uh, you know, 100% 
you know, health. I don't want her to come back if she can't be 100% healthy, you know, return to the ring. But she is just such an awesome in-ring performer. And this this match showcased her abilities and like what she can bring to any company. Um, but with, I really hope, I really get the feeling that, you know, that she's she's going to return. She can return. She's going to return. And there is so much like storylines that you can just insert as soon as she comes back. It's like, okay, put her with Sherry, whether it's a rival or as a tag team, my God, that would, that would be amazing against Julia against, you know, maybe, you know, like get, if a widow tie are still around, like she's going to be joining them again or, or be rivals with them. Who knows? But the, the possibilities are endless for, for Konami. Uh, so uh, again, uh, Karen Peterson did a really great job of kind of um, outlining the the symbolism uh, in this match. And it was evident right from the beginning when you had uh, Konami coming out uh, in her Tokyo Cyber Squad gear and then Julia uh, with, with her hair done up and the colors that she was in. Like you knew from the beginning, as soon as these two walked out, this was going to very much be essentially a tribute match for Hanakamura on Konami's you know farewell night. Oh, yeah. And. You know, I I kind of zoned out about the, the Julia's tribute, but like you know, you know, like the announcers are going on about oh, you know, TCS Tokyo Cyber Squad about when Konami comes out. It's like oh, that's great. That 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 just shows you like what an influence like Hanakimura was on on both both Julia and on uh, and on Konami. Um, but the the match itself, John, my God, this was this was stiff, and I loved every minute of this match it's just just amazing to see two really talented professional wrestlers just you know put their their craft on display and and be able to do what they want without pretty much any restrictions really yeah you really got the sense like konami was going out and just leaving it all out here it's like i'm just going to have as great a match as i can on my my last show here for the time being um they started with like a really nice handshake and then boom, the bell rings and they're just tearing into one another. Uh, both at different times attempted the uh, package pile driver, the tiger lily that was Hana's move with both looking up to the sky. And it was uh, Konami's that was blocked. And then Julia uh, hit, hit the move and Konami later popped up from a Saito suplex. Um, that looked like a lot of fun to take. And in the end, it was Julia winning with the glorious driver in 13 minutes and seven seconds. Very emotional ending where the two uh, kind of embraced and left to the back together. Um, but this was this seemed like this was a like the audience knew what all of the, the symbolism was. And this was like kind of like your emotional peak of the show. And you kind of knew that going in with the circumstances around Konami that this this was going to be a like a farewell and you already had that. And when you mix in all of the, the tribute spots, like this was certainly a big, like emotional ride for the audience. Oh, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like for people who've um, followed Konami for most of her career, especially in, especially in, in her stardom career to, to be there live for this match. And you know, I'm kind of jealous to be honest, John, I, w- I kind of wish I was at that show for, for this match at the very least. Um, but yeah, like I definitely think this was an emotional peak, and and I think Karen put it really well. Like you needed kind of like some some other matches on the card to kind of be the the, the palate cleanser. 
Yeah, and they had they had the tag that followed with a uh, Takumi Aroa of Marvelous and Mayui Watani taking on Hazuki and Momo Watanabe. And do you want to just keep uh, or catch everyone up to speed on uh, Momo Watanabe and recently joining Oedo Tai? So they had this match recently between um, Oedo Tai and 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 uh, Queen's Quest, and it was called a Captain's Fall match. So the 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 way, only way you can win the match is if the captain. In this case, it would have been for Queen's Quest, uh, Momo Watanabe, and for Oedo Tai, would have been Starlight Kid. And whoever lost the match, the captain had to join the other faction. So, you you know, there's at one point, you know, uh, uh, Momo has a chair. She's about to hit Starlight Kid, but she turns on Azumi, her her like her longtime partner in Queen's Quest. One of like so you have to understand like the original four members of Queen's Quest is the leader Yoshirai. Then Hazuki, uh, Azumi, and Momo Tanabe. So, you know, Momo and, and Azumi have been like original Queen's Quest members for the entirety of the, the faction's history. And so it was a big deal for, you know, Momo to turn on Azumi. Not, it would have been different if she hit Sayakamitani or Utami Hashida, but the fact that she hit Azumi with the chair and this caused her, her like, and then I, she joined Oedotai essentially, but she wanted to join. Because she's just frustrated with being kind of like the leader of Queen's Quest and not really being the featured member of Queen's Quest. So I think it's great. I think it's a, it's a something that she needed uh, for a long time was like kind of a, a, a change of pace, kind of a, a facelift as well. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what 2022 has for Momo Tanabe. And How about it, Momo Watanabe's Oedo Tai gear? Can, can we maybe... You know the black T-shirt. Uh, maybe we can improve the look. In uh, oh, okay, in so there. I was thinking about this. Yeah, so basically she reverted back to her old like tights and and kick pads, and then she just put on like a T-shirt. And I'm like, this looks like shit, right? She needs to get a fucking like badass singlet, like you know, like you know, like something like something like that. Uh, Mako Satamura would wear, but like maybe all black and shit. Yeah, this this t-shirt fucking shit. Get rid of that. The t-shirts Momo. t-shirts are really hard to to get. Um, no. The t-shirts are not not a great look for for any wrestler. If you think about who else, like everyone else like that's in a Oedo tie, they all they all have pretty decent gear, and then Mobile just looks like shit. You know, like it's fine for now. I, I'm pretty sure they're probably just working on it, and then she'll debut some really cool costume in the future. But this match is really interesting, John. It's called the 10th anniversary reunion tag. So all of these people in there, all the women in this match are are stardom kind of original. So Mayu and Takumi Roja were, you know, trained together. Then Takumi Roja left to join Marvelous. But she, when she was in stardom, she probably helped train Hazuki and Momo Watanabe. You could see like there's some like, you know, interaction going on with Takumi and, and Momo. And then Hazuki was an original member of Queen's Quest with Momo. And then she joined a wet tie and, you know, da, 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 they feuded. So it's really interesting. The dynamics for, for a fan like me, who was kind of, you know, started watching stardom at, you know, during the kind of the peak of Io Shirai's version of Queen's Quest to see like Hazuki and Momo Tanabe reteam as a tag team in this match to kick on like their senpais in Mayu Itani and Takumi Aroha. It was really fascinating for me, but also like, okay, Hazuki, and Momo are also now on opposite, um, you know, sides of the fence, so to speak, you know, baby face and heel and, and the such. So I, I really love this match. I thought the work in it was exemplary and it was but the storyline, the, the background context, which 
you, you really have to understand like all the different interconnections between all four right. uh, of them to, to really appreciate it. And like, I'm, I'm lucky that I could understand, I'd say mm, 75 to 85% of the interactions. I thought uh, Zuki was uh, tremendous in this match. I really enjoyed her. I'm a big fan of uh, Takumi Aroha, um, but uh, th- those two together, uh, th- like there were a lot of like double team spots with like Aroha and, and Mayu uh, when they were in w- with Hazuki, and that all kind of culminates when Momo all of a sudden attacks Hazuki and kind of just leaves her partner there. And Zuki tries to fight back, but is outnumbered, takes a crucifix bomb, and it ends with a top rope moonsault from uh, Mayu and pins Hazuki in 15 minutes. It's 35 seconds and uh, continuing, I, I guess, the story of Momo Watanabe and her actions of joining Oedo Tai and kind of uh, what the reaction will be of uh, being in this group and now kind of attacking Hazuki. Like what I her really, intentions are. I hope in 2022 we get more Mayu and Takumi tag team action because I think these two are just such a great pairing and there's so much history with them as well, of course, but the chemistry they have as a team. So good. Their matches that they had, um, God, there was, it was like two matches that they had last year. And like, they just were fantastic matches. um, I recall watching. So then uh, it was our second to last match of the show with Tom Nakano defending the wonder of stardom championship against Saya Kamatani just days before they will team together on the second night of wrestle kingdom. Uh, This is a rematch from the Yokohama Dream Cinderella from this past summer uh, that uh, Nakano won. Um, However, it uh, we have uh, Kamatani here who did not use the Phoenix Splash in that match, so that was kind of a a backdrop here for the significance of the ending to all of this, where she would finally use it. The way I ended up watching the show, I ended up watching this match first, and (laughs) I watched this WH, and I thought. There's nothing topping this. This 22 minutes was like incredible. And we'll, we'll talk about the main event. We're going to gush about the main event. And I'm sure that the, the memories of this show will be centered around the main event, but it will be a crime if, if this match is overlooked. It was outstanding. Uh, in particular, like so, some of the like matches, like I thought in the, in the main event, there were at times where, you feel you have to get in a certain amount of near falls in this one. I thought it was just about perfect the way they peaked this match and each, each kick out was bigger than the last. And it was just like an unbelievable final sequence. But uh, these two, this was like an unbelievable match. If this was the main event, I would have left very satisfied. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, it's, I think it's almost a shame that people you know, aren't going to give Tom Nakano her due as wonder of stardom. She champion. had an amazing, an amazing, amazing. year. Yeah. And an it's going to be, you're right. It is going to get, I think, overshadowed by like the, the two main event competitors. It was just that kind of a year, but yeah, well, like I, I, I have not watched every big show, but Tam Nakano has been as consistent as it's come this year. But, and the good thing about this though, John, is that she's, she's been elevated by being a great Wonder Stardom championship champion. And to me, it's like the Wonder Stardom champion is akin to like the the how the, the WWF Intercontinental title was used as kind of like the um, you know, the prelude, like, oh, let's test them out with this belt and see how they do. And then maybe we'll give them a run with the world title. Um, and I think she's 
you know, she's shown that she's she can hang at a championship level and like she's going to be a big, big star for stardom come 2022. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets the red belt at some point next year. There was uh, one of the most frightening spots on this entire show when Kamatani slides out during the struggle on the turnbuckle and comes back with this brutal poison Rana sending Tom Nakano off the second turnbuckle right onto her head for a near fall. This, uh, like, I just gasped watching this. Me too. I, like, I jumped oh, out of my seat. My I was like, god. oh my god. It was a nasty okay? landing. It did not look good the way she took I, this. I almost thought they were going to end the match. because, Oh like, my god. I, the, how brutal that This was, was like the but... midway point. Like, they went, like, yeah. probably another 10 minutes after this. Um, yeah. Thankfully, she... she appeared to be okay, but th- yeah. if you watch this, it was just, it was very, very scary. Um, Nakano then then fires back, uses a tiger suplex off the second turnbuckle. Each are down, and they're they're selling very heavily. Each is reaching for the other's hand, and we get Nakano with a spin kick and shining wizard for a two count, a tiger suplex for another two count, and then things really pick up. They're um, so the arms are trapped uh, for this variation of the uh, tiger suplex. Uh, Kamatani gets into the rope. This is the, the violent screwdriver followed by the twilight dream. Uh, and then we get into a series of one counts that each kick out of and Kamatani uses the star crusher for a two count finally goes to the top and she has to pull out the Phoenix splash that wins the match for her hitting the move and wins the championship in 22 minutes uh, from Tom Nakano and Nakano just uh, puts her over, puts the belt around her. Like this was a real um, true elevation to me of Saya Kamatani, who was, you could see of the major projects this year, she was very high on the list and it culminates in this championship win. I think Saya Kamatani is the, the epitome of like how good the startup dojo is (laughs) like, like you and I, we saw her, she gave her first ring. She was like, I in like not the opening match. She was like really bottom of the card, just as a young, you know, talent getting getting her her you know kind of getting her her dues paid, you know, and like you know getting her reps in to to become a better wrestler. And like two years later, she's you know the, the Wonder Stardom champion. She's one of the best workers in this company. Which is she, saying something. She debuted in August of 2019. Think about that. Yeah. And like we talk about like Utami, Tommy's like, you know, she's a prodigy, but like Saya Kamatani is, is close to being as good of a prodigy as Utami. I, I say Utami has always been just a little bit better than just almost anyone else. But to, it's, it goes to show you like there's something in the, the water at the dojo there. And like, like, and it's a testament to how good her trainers are in that dojo to, to have like someone so young and with, with only pretty much two years experience to be this good. Um, my only thing is she really needs to get rid of the tassels. That that's all the tassels. That is a, that is a, that is a red flag right there, but uh, an unbelievable match. Um, if people thought this was the match of the show, I'm not disagreeing either. Um, the, we go to, um, and then uh, Unagi Sayaka came out. So that looks to be the uh, next challenger for uh, Kamatani. World of Stardom Championship, as well as the SWA Championship, uh, title versus title, Utami, Hayashita, and Shuri. 
And of course, they had their 43-minute draw this past June at Tokyo Dream Cinderella. They followed that with the 20-minute draw as part of the five-star Grand Prix. And that takes us to our third match. And what would have going into this uh, WH, like how big of a match did this feel uh, for you and and your own uh, impressions on on the two matches for maybe people that have not heard our thoughts earlier this year? Well, well the first one, um, the 43-minute uh, TKO time limit draw was like, amazing like i love that match and it just kind of validated the the kind of the admiration i had for sherry and like the the kind of thoughts i had like oh she should be pushed harder and higher than than she is and like the where you think she would have been pushed in, in donna damundo and 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 then the i i was in a i i liked the, the five-star grand prix match but i just thought it was kind of unnecessary i didn't think they should have been in the same block um, nothing about this match changes that, but it's fine for what it was. And, and, but it was designed to like build up to this match, which I, I gotta say, this is probably the match that, that had my interest, like, like from the minute that I knew it was going to happen, I was like, okay, I have to see this match. I have to watch it unspoiled. And thank God. I watched it unspoiled. I made sure I stayed off Twitter. I stayed off most social media and I, and I was able to watch this unspoiled. So I did not know the outcome. Did you like uh, my headline on the site? I didn't main see event, headline. Main event outcome between Hayashita and Shuri. That's good. You didn't, uh, you didn't spoil it. Uh, unlike the, uh, unlike way with the, uh, with the Spider-Man no way home review uh, headline on, on the site, apparently that, that John Cena complained about. No, that was, uh, no, that was me. That was you. The photo well, I, was me. That was you. Okay. Well, th- thanks, John. Well, I don't care. I didn't see it, so it was fine. But John I posted Cito. that uh, absolutely <laughs> zero knowledge that that was. Uh, I, I literally googled Spider Man No Way Home, and I'm only looking for dimensions. I'm like, this, this, this is the proper dimensions that I go. need for the photo. So, you know what, guys? Too bad. Too bad. Anyways, um, yeah, no, like you know, of all the things that have been announced for, like, let's say between December between december 29th and january 8th john this is this is the thing that i was the most excited about and and you know what until they announced what what mudo was doing on january 8th right (laughs) oh well that's all to come we're gonna preview those we'll we'll talk about that we'll talk about that yeah let's not get ahead of ourselves but i i john i love this match i thought it was so good they went 36 minutes and 34 seconds which to be honest i thought was like a pretty good length of you know not uh like I think people probably went into this match expecting them to go potentially an hour. Uh, they probably thought um, this one, you know, could be a wide range of lengths. And I thought they kind of nailed the timing here. Um, this Shuri's kicks are unbelievable. Like this is, uh, awesome. you know, she's, she's getting to that like Nakajima league. You know what I mean? I, I think she's like there, John, like to yeah. be honest, like, like, I mean, with Nakajima, you have to just keep in mind. He doesn't give a fuck. Well, <laughs> I think she gives a fuck. That's both the blessing opponent. and the curse of uh, Nakajima. Yeah. I'm not you taking know. these kicks. I'm just. Oh, yeah. I, I, same here. But like, I do think she cares a little bit more about her opponents and doesn't want to hurt them too much. You know, like Nakajima, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to kick you really hard. You better just take it and, and like it. Um, I, I think Shuri is like, I say this about Shuri. Like, if you love and miss Katsuyori Shibata, you should watch Shuri because she will give you everything that that was great about Katsuyori Shibata, but also... Can we officially nickname her Kat Shuri? 
Cat, no, let's not do that. Okay, let's not do that. That that I think that we'll get heat for that, John. So <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. But I'm just saying, if you like that kind of style of wrestler, don't don't, don't worry about Kazuya Shibata, whatever he's going to be doing. Who knows? Watch Shuri, and you will not be disappointed. You'll get maybe your maybe she'll be maybe she'll be the opponent. Uh, she'd kick his ass. She'd kick his ass, John. Look, you know, like she she would maybe I, she I would I would totally be down for a Shibata Shuri uh UWF rules match. That that would be very compelling because like she can definitely hold her own. I mean, she was in the UFC, John. So you know she's I know, I know. Suit, I, I, knew, I knew her more of like her MMA career before uh you know the, the whole stardom run and, and, and everything uh about that. So the first uh kind of intense spot of the match saw Shuri come off the apron with the senton attempt into a power bomb to the floor. Oh no. Oh she comes back, dude, lawn darts Utami right into the turnbuckle. The lawn dart, I don't know what it is. It's I cringe every time. I I I feel my vertebrae just contracting when I watch a lawn dart spot. Uh, huge kicks from Shuri. Uh, she gets caught. And on the edge of the apron, there is this violent air raid crash by Utami as they come down. And, you know, I watched it several times. And it's like Shuri comes down and it's like her leg that like, hits like almost her ankle more so oh, that yeah, yeah. hits the apron so it makes a loud sound and you're kind of like oh my god she's dead and you watch it and it's like she made a big sound with the leg but it seemed like she landed as good as you're going to coming off a turnbuckle for an air raid crash i thought she might have broken like something in her leg like her ankle or her well her that leg. that is the part like it hit hard and it's either you can make a loud sound and feel little or it's a loud sound and it still hurts like hell. It could have very well been the latter. I, I hopefully it was uh didn't hurt that much, just a loud sound. But uh yeah, I, I mean I I'm gonna say this about the the previous match, the Kamatani Tam Nakano match, is that that felt like a modern, like New Japan main event, like a like say a 2017 Okada type match with like Naito or or Tanahashi. That's what it felt like to me. Like that kind of had that aura about it. This match was more like, you know, 90s all Japan. No, I was just going to say, this was Budokan Hall. <laughs> this is Budokan Hall. And, and I, I don't know like how, like how you would find a more fitting way to end like stardom's year than to have like a match with this amount of high impact, brutality, intensity, and drama all rolled into one match and i was just loving every second of this john even though like i was like oh god are you okay are you okay but it, it was still like okay you're, you're you're continuing so i'm gonna still enjoy this match shuri used a kimura suplexing her off the turnbuckle and then transitioned to a stretch muffler and i love this she trapped the arm with her leg but utami was still able to manage to reach like i i love little stuff like that in matches just like trapping the arm um just seamlessly that was like a great little spot of this match uh she's so good uh, like just incorporating grappling and submissions into these you know the kind of the aftermath a lot of her high impact was like superplexes and and bombs and things like that and that's the other thing is like, if you love like grapplers, like just watch 
fury like she kicks people really hard she oh dude these leg position. kicks that she oh, she so hit good. like a sequence of like five kicks that just rocked utami like my god um utami's knee is like uh, damaged here after a, a jackknife uh bt bomb that she hit but and that's why she she hits the move but the knee causes the delay and shuri grabs onto the rope hits a second uh bt bomb and then there's these spinning chops from shuri and Ends up hitting her finish and wins the belt in 36 minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't go an hour. Like I was really afraid of that when I lo- when I saw the runtime of this match, uh, like of, of the of the rest of the show when this match started. I was like, oh my god, are they going to an hour? Well, okay, I'm bracing myself, but I'm glad it was it was it didn't even reach their 43 minute mark even that it ended when it did because i thought it was perfect and and i think deliberately so that they didn't want to like kind of hit those expectations of like because i think people want to see tighter matches not necessarily shorter matches but tighter matches that don't necessarily want to run long for the sake of running long because that's oh that's it's better that if it's long it's not trust me like as a fan i don't want to see long matches for the sake of being long um we got it. We got it. We got to we're, we're praising, you know, Shuri entirely here. Utami is fucking awesome. She is comes out of this. She lost. Well, the belt, she's a she, she's a veteran. WH. She's been wrestling for three and a half years. I still say tell people this. I saw her first match. I sat behind her family <laughs> at her debut match at Corican Hall, and to see what she has become, what she has achieved, to becoming the the, the red champion, and then in that title reign is is to me mind-blowing that she she's always had this level of talent and it's just been fostered and and nurtured and it's grown over the last two three years and it doesn't matter that she's not the red champion anymore she'll be the red champion again she's so young too and she she is like the the okada of this company she is gonna have many like the company will like she will be you know it will orbit around her um i think for for years to come um that you know and this is certainly a rematch that they can go to uh d- down the road and probably will re- revisit um maybe at the midway mark next year you have the potential of having a rivalry between these two that could you know be an equivalent a stardom equivalent of like Masawa and Kawada and i don't say that lightly john I don't, i'm not just throwing that out there i i feel that aura from from utami and shuri like that these two can have a match again. It can be just as intense, but it'll be different. It won't be the same. And, and you could then revisit it again five years from now, and it'll still be awesome. And, and I, and I hope we get something like that between these two. The things, the thing now is that Shuri is the red champion. Um, Kamatani is the, is the wonder starting champion. We have a new future starting champion. It, It feels like a really like not a reset, but it's like, okay, this is the next phase for stardom going into 2022. And I'm, I'm very excited about like what Kamatani does with the belt. I'm very excited about what Shuri is going to do as champion because like so many fresh matches you have with Shuri against pretty much anyone on this card on this roster. And you know, the thing is, is with Shuri, she can make pretty much anyone look good. doesn't matter what skill level they are. If, like you say like, okay, this mid Carter is going to challenge Shuri. Shuri's going to make that fucking match as good as if, as if one of the other main eventers challenged her. 
This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So this was an awesome show. I would say the last two matches were match of the year contenders. Uh, I thought, you know, the main event was terrific. It was my match of the show. But I, again, that that uh, Wonder of Stardom championship match, I love that match. I thought they just tore the house down and that was not too far below uh, the main event. So this is an excellent show to go out of your way and see. It was airing as a pay-per-view. So if you're a Stardom World subscriber, uh, it should be up within a few days, correct? Yeah, hopefully it will be. Um, honestly, like I have, I have very mixed feelings about this pay per view kind of uh, plan. I, I really think they should just, you know, reformat Stardom World to handle streaming and try to draw in people to subscribe. Just pay the, you know, like essentially ten dollars to, to to subscribe. If for ten dollars, you're probably going to just subscribe and never and never and forget to cancel the subscription. And why would you? This is one of the best products in the last two years. Like definitely for me, the best product of the last year. And this is like not not and it's not a year I've been super excited about in, in professional wrestling, particularly in Japan. Uh, if you want to uh, catch more, do uh, check out Karen Peterson's report up on the site. Uh, we went long there on the Stardom show, but I think that was uh, you know the uh, the big stuff to, to tackle. But we have a bunch of cards to preview. We're not going to go match by match because there's about ten thousand matches happening over the next week. But we'll uh, we'll touch on the uh, the highlights. And one of the reasons I want to do the show tonight is because uh, if we had waited to do this uh, Friday night or Saturday, um, that's when Noah will have its first show of the year on New Year's Day uh, from Budokan Hall, where it's going to be headlined by Katsuhiko Nakajima against Goshi Ozaki, a match I am very excited for. Uh, Keno will defend the national championship against Kaito Kiyomiya. Tag titles. Get ready, folks. Welcome. Usher in the new year with Keiji Muto and Naomichi Marafuji defending against Masato Tanaka and Masaki Mochizuki and Takeshi Sugiura, Kazushi Sakuraba and Kenta 
making his return to Noah for the first time since that Marafuji anniversary show back in 2018. We'll take on Masakitamiya, Daiki Inaba, and Yoshiki Inamura. Those are the top four matches. There's also a junior heavyweight title match with Hayata and Yoshinori Ogawa. But I would say it's the top three matches that are going to have most people's interest. Um, I'm stoked for this main event. I think it's going to be incredible between uh, Nakajima and Shozaki. Did, 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 did you hear about the added stipulation, John, that that Goshiyazaki added that is that if he wins, not only will he become the GHC heavyweight champion, but Katsuhiko Nakajima must rejoin him in Axis and Ooh, leave Congo. I was not aware of this. <laughs> and then Katsuhiko Nakajima says, that's not happening. So you're not going to win the title. And I'm not going back to being your partner in Axis. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, Nakajima has only had the title for, you know, for a minute. Um I, I really hope he gets a sustained run uh, with this championship, but I think the bar is ex- exceptionally high um, for the expectation that this match is going to have for people. But I think like this is the perfect match, I think, to start the year WH because, you know, Noah had a weird main event scene that was heavily focused around Mudo for the first six months of the year. But I think that they have figured out like where to fit Mudo. Like he's going to have a place on the card. It's not in the main event. Because this main event scene is thriving in Noah, and I think they have a lot of interesting options to play. And this is, to me, like an excellent, excellent match to kick the year off with, and uh, could be a you know early, a, a strong match of the year contender to kick off the year. It may be exceeded by the end of the week, but I'm th- this match I'm very hyped for. Oh, me too. I mean, I, I mean, just the built-in storyline between Nakajima and, and Shizaki as as rivals early in their careers, then they become partners in, in one of the most popular tag teams in Noah's history in Axis. And then the breakup with Nakajima turning on Shizaki to join Congo and, and Shizaki returning now. And, and you could go either way. That's the beauty about this is like, I, I want to see Nakajima get a long run. I, I think he's going to retain, but Hey, if they put the belt back on Shizaki, I wouldn't be surprised. I think eventually they'll, he'll be the champion again. He's one of those guys who's like in the company now. It's like he, his, his last title reign established him as like, um, you know, a very solid, like, okay, reliable person that we need to like, you know, take it off of somebody who put on, put on Shizaki as, and he'll have another great run with it. Um, I'm just looking at the last two matches. It's like, that's a great main event scene. Like, you know, I've come around a bit more on Keno, like he's less angry all the time. So like, I, I don't think, Oh, he's just angry all the time. Now he's like, you know, a bit more well-rounded in his like emotional spectrum, but like Keno, Kiyomiya, Nakajima, Shizaki, like, you know, it's, it, it's not a bad place to, to revolve a company around. I I'm just, uh, I just need, need them to like bring up people like Inaba and Kinemiya a bit more. Inamura is, is obviously the long-term project, but they need to like kind of be more protective of this guy and, and, and keep him a fuck away from fucking Keiji Muto. Well, I'd say like with Kiyomiya, like obviously like he is, he is a major uh, asset to them for their long-term future. But this, this is like a big week for, for Kiyomiya. Like you are, he he's in this match and then you've got him on the, the Yokohama arena show where, I mean, we'll, we'll go through that card, but I am, I am expecting Kiyomiya to be the one to have to take the fall in that match. Yeah. And, that, yeah, and that's what, the total opposite of how I would use Kiyomiya on a card like that. He would be one of my showcases. And instead, I feel maybe I'm just being too pessimistic. I feel he is going to be kind of the sacrifice in that match. Well, if you know, he's uh, he's teaming with Muda and we all know 
who's uh who uh Mudo's benefactor in the uh, Noah is, and that's the booker, the big mark himself, Nosaranga. Well, let's move on to Wrestle Kingdom. Three nights worth, WH. I know you would have uh, been attending a grand total of zero of these shows uh, if you had the option. Uh, But it will kick off on Tuesday with night number one. So main event has uh, Shingo Takagi against Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. El Desperado against Hiromu for the junior heavyweight title. Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. Uh, taking on Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi after they won the World Tag League for the tag titles. Tomohiro Ishii against Evil for the Never Openweight title. Katsuyori Shibata against TBA in a UWF rules match. Uh, we will find out the opponent. Uh, do you think we're going to find out like right up at match time? That's when they're going to reveal the opponent? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why, if they know who it is, why keep it a secret? Till, unless it's like, oh, that person? Oh, okay. Why not? Uh, And then the card rounds out with uh, Naito, Sonata, and Bushi against Osprey, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. Tanahashi with Taguchi and Rocky Romero against Kenta, Taiji Shimori, and El Fantasmo. Yo versus Sho and the New Japan Rambo that year in, year out, the most consistent match every year because it is one of the worst matches of the year. Drags like you wouldn't believe. And if you are someone that feels you have to wake up at 2.30 in the morning, you don't because you do not need to watch this 36-minute match that is the same match every single year. And I hate this match. Yeah, it's complete fucking shit. I have to ask, John, who is currently the uh, never open weight champion? <laughs> the current champion is Ishii. Oh, is it? <laughs> if you yes. told me it was evil, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have doubted you. Um, yeah. Is Osprey in Japan? Is that has that been confirmed? That did he make it there? Um, I I have not seen him in, in Japan. I would assume uh I think he's gotta be there if he's gonna be on these cards by now, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean he he would have had done some form of quarantine and, and testing to, to get into the country. So um yeah, I of of this show, I mean Honestly, the, the top two matches, Takagi versus Okada, I'm very, very excited and looking forward to that. The excellent chemistry. And you know what? Like, holy shit. Anytime Desperado and Hiromu get in the match in the ring together. That's going to be phenomenal. That's going to be great. I mean, I just, I hope we get another mask tearing again, because that was, that was like, I, I rather, I want to see him lose that mask. I think there's so much potential in Mikami, you know, becoming a wrestler, like, just becoming like Mikami instead of being Desperado. And that could just be like something he goes back to or something like that. But yeah, I, those two matches, everything else is kind of like, okay, like Shibata more, that's more curious than excitement, John, but like top two, I'm definitely legit excited about those. I'll, I'll throw in. I, I think the tag title match is actually going to be pr- pretty great. Um, I think like this is a show that at least I think from the Shibata match onward, the wrestling should be pretty strong. Um, Dick Togo aside, uh, if he gets heavily involved, I will hate that. But uh, here's a question about the, the Shibata match is that after seeing how this has all played out, like it was an amazing moment, uh, the finals of, of the G1. But it was such a closely guarded secret that it was complete surprise would would it have been more impactful given that these shows kind of needed that extra oomph this year had Shibata come out at the final night of the G1 or even wait till power struggle or something. And he comes out and he just announces January 4th, I have my match. And this would be his 
return because we're we're getting like again an exhibition type match as we did back in October. Um, if you had done Shibata and Zach on this card and announced it, like Shibata's return to me is something that I think would if this was his first match back, if we had not seen the Zach match, like I think this would be treated like almost like a semi-main event on the on any of the nights. Yeah, but the way you and I think, John, is not the way like Ghetto thinks and Dick Togo thinks. So like I I, I think they don't want to I, I feel this whole Shibata coming back on night one was really kind of um how do I say? I think it was like really deceitful because when they announced that he's going to wrestle on January 4th, like they, before they announced the actual rules of the match, people were like, Oh, he's coming back. He's like, and the excitement that I saw was like, I, I tempered myself. I was like, no, I, I, I don't see him like full Shibata or like more physical Shibata coming back. Like it's probably getting me another exhibition. And I was right. And it's like, that's cool. And everything like, I, you know, I'll take any Shibata over no Shibata. And safe Shibata for is fine, but I, I do think it's going to wear thin after a while, like of him just doing exhibition style matches, unless you create build a vision around him doing that and like have people like competing in that style like regularly on New Japan shows. Does this opponent need to be more than just like one of the young lions? Because I. I think like you do have an audience, like that's always the danger when you have a mystery opponent is that you pretty much give license to your audience to let their imaginations run wild. And we're not getting anyone flying in for this show where, and you're not probably just able to pluck someone that's going to be at a level of a Zack Sabre Jr. So I think you've kind of put yourself into this corner where there is, I think, going to be a reaction to the level of opponent this is. And maybe they have a great card to play and and pull out here that it's going to be really special. But I think those options are limited. I think the best opponent to, to like appease the fans would be like a returning to Japan, Ren Narita. And because you also have the fact that he's Shibata's student over at the LA Dojo for the last year or so. And and that he's kind of grown to kind of looking like Shibata with the haircut and stuff like that. So I I think if you had anyone else, like I can't see anyone else besides Narita being kind of like the person that would like pop the crowd and and that he can, you know, do the style with Shibata because I'm sure he's been training in it for the last year or so. The... um... Main event, do you see um, Takagi or Okada moving on to the next night? That's hard. Like, I, I, I'm i going to gut feeling say, like, this is my gut speaking, not my head, is Takagi. I think Takagi will go on because I think you have a, you have like a built-in storyline with, against, with Takagi versus Osprey and that you can save, you know, if you want to do Osprey versus Okada, you can save it for down the line. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to gut feeling say Takagi is going to retain the title in this match. The second night, uh, will feature either Takagi or Okada defending the championship, uh, against Will Ospreay, Kenta taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi in a no DQ match for the U S title, Jeff Cobb versus Tetsuya Naito, Sonata versus great Okan, the house of torture defending the never open weight six man tag titles against Goto Yoshihashi and yo a four way for the King of pro wrestling 2022 trophy that you've got to watch this Rambo to find out who these four will be Mayu Iwatani and starlight kid taking on Tom Nakano and Saya Kamatani and 
Then opening the show is Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask defending the junior heavyweight tag titles against Taiji Shimori and El Fantasmo and Ryusuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero. Um, this is a show. I think it's going to be an outstanding main event. Um, you know, Kenton Tanahashi, I think it'll be a good match. I think Naito and Cobb will probably be really good. But this really feels like a show that um, we took one solid show and split it into two. Yeah, you took one solid show. You took one solid, like, bowel movement, John, and it turned into fucking diarrhea to me. WH with the analogies. You know, like, okay, Takagi or Okada versus Osprey, sure. I, I'm not so keen on Osprey. I think he's really done himself damage by not being in japan and just becoming an indie indie wrestler throughout the world um and i i don't know kenta versus tanahashi like i'm sure there'll be a lot of like smoky mirrors but i don't want to see tanahashi in a smoky mirrors match to be honest with you so i'm not too excited hopefully i'll be pleasantly surprised by that night over the cup i think that should probably be the second best match on the on the show and then everything else is like oh it's a fucking cork and hall show so it's a it's a higher level cork and hall show john yeah, I mean, the stardom match, it's like, I, I think it'll be interesting, but it's also one where it's it's sort of just, I don't know, like, I've been in the building for these stardom matches, and even last year's show, like, you, I think you have an audience that is more and more familiar with these characters, but it still feels as though it's like they're they're outside of their environment, and they're kind of just treated like a outside showcase, uh, rather than something that the audience really gets emotionally into, Um but we'll see what kind of time they get as well on the show. Like it's, it's one of the more interesting things on the second night for me. I mean, for me, it's like, is this canon? Because like Iwatani and Starlight Kid are, are feuding and Nakano and Kamatani just had the big match. Like that, ma- that team makes more sense because there was like some mutual right. respect. But like yeah. Starlight Kid is the biggest heel in the company. And it makes not, no sense on that side. So yeah. like, I don't know. Like to me, it's like, I'm sure it'll be fun. But is it canon? Does it play into like anything going into future stardom storylines, which is like the, the thing I'm most curious about. And then we fast forward to next Saturday, where it will be the New Japan Noah card. And uh, just so everybody knows, uh, Wei and I will be doing shows on Tuesday and Wednesday, reviewing the Wrestle Kingdom cards. And then next Saturday, uh, WH and I will be doing a review of this card. And uh, we may be joined by one Mike Murray. So uh, look forward to that uh, next Saturday on the site. And We've mentioned this several times, but I'm going to say it again because I do believe, WH, that come Saturday, when many fans of either New Japan or NOAA go to watch this show and log on to New Japan World or Wrestle Universe, they're going to be very disappointed because this will not be on either respective streaming service. This is a pay-per-view card that you have to pay in addition to, and then it will appear on the streaming service, either Wrestle Universe or New Japan World. It'll be on both, but on a seven-day delay and i definitely don't feel that message has been um conveyed loudly enough to uh fans of either promotion and i i don't even know how to order this thing <laughs> i cannot tell you that uh, all i can tell you that this is a pay-per-view and i hope that the information is fairly easily to access uh this week because i do have to order the show you know like we're, we're lucky john we have uh we're going to both contact Karen Peterson. She'll, she'll let us know how to order this show. Like maybe we'll have to ask her to, to just put some information up on the website for us, for, for, the, for the readers and the, the listeners at uh, Post Perez out there. But um, yeah, like I, you know what, John? Like we talked about this before, like when they announced the concept of this show, I was like, oh. Everyone was interested. When they oh. heard this, I think it was like, okay, totally. This is 
really there was so much that you can work with here there is something there this is a great idea on its on its um like the the immediate like one sentence pitch of this show i'm sold i love it and and like the way they kind of promoted it in the press conference with like oh the stare down the stare downs the the graphics that they used i was like okay oh you fuck yeah we're gonna get some singles matches uh, I think we're getting one single match. You, you know, know what it felt like? And I think you made this point when you did the show with Andrew Thompson was like with these kinds of shows, like you can see where it feels like what is a one-off. And I think you brought up the point that if they have several shows planned, I think it gives you a lot more flexibility with your booking because it's not like all or nothing for one night that we're going to do these and you can't agree on any finishes. It's like, okay, Noah's going to get this win and New Japan's going to get this win, but then we're going to build to something bigger down the road. And this, I just think like, this is, this is a failing on both sides that you acknowledge the need to work together for a show like this, but you're putting all your weight on the novelty of New Japan versus Noah. And it's just for the novelty of seeing some of these figures share a ring together, but you don't have that match that man, if they had announced like a, like a Nakajima versus Shingo, there would be so much buzz for that this week in the lead up to next Saturday. If you just had one of those big matches, I really believe it would have um, g- grabbed your audience and that would have been a big, big match this week. But it, do- it doesn't matter, John, because like this, the show, I, I believe it sold out, like just, just on the gimmick alone. So like they, they, once that happens, it's like they, I, I think like New Japan, it's a New Japan show. Like we have to keep in mind this yeah. is a new Japan show. It's been it's been very like you know kind of stressed to me by people who work on the Noah side that oh no this is the this is a Noah show WH you can't really blame Noah too much for this okay well I'm not blaming anyone necessarily but like I I don't know like this card like like I'm not Listen, if, it's, if, it, if it if it's sold out like obviously like the concept works as as a live event uh, business I would say though that it's another like it it's two different metrics we're talking about like as a live event obviously the concept has worked as a pay-per-view uh i i think that is where that's going to be a tough sell for people on saturday that you have to pay above what you're paying monthly for either of these products and there's probably some like there's a probably a you know a decent percentage that subscribe to both services and you're not getting it on either next saturday so the idea you're doing a pay-per-view it tell look what we just reviewed from stardom that was a pay-per-view they ask you to go above and beyond for that level of show and for this like i just think you needed that one dream match to justify a pay-per-view price tag i mean i'm sorry no offense to show fans out there, but show versus Asushi Kotoge is not a fucking dream match. Okay. None of these matches, honestly, none of these matches are. There are two are singles. Dream. There are two singles matches on this card the show Kotoge match and then the dark match between Kosei Fujita and Yasutaka Yano, which honestly, I, th- I think that'll be a really like entertaining match, uh, providing it airs on, uh, on the stream. But yeah, the rest of this, like, let, let's just go through um, sure. the highlights here. So um, we'll have LIJ of Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, Sonata, Bushi, and Hiromu against Katsuhiko Nakajima, Keno, Manabu Soya, Tadasuke, and Alija, which I, I, there's enough um, players in this. Like, I, I think this will be, this could be a really entertaining 10-man tag that I would have put somewhere on this card. Um they have also announced, stated that the match order has not been released yet, so we don't know what's going to close the show. Personally, I think Okada and Tanahashi 
against Mudo and Kiyomiya probably is your main event. Uh, it's either going to be that or the 10 man. I, I suggest. I, I think it's Okada and Tanahashi. That's what I would think too. Like, I mean, I, I do not see any three, at least three of the people in this match saying, Oh, we'll be the semi main. No, no fucking way. Like, yeah, that's the main. And I, and I think Kiyomiya is going to be uh, uh, the, the, the sacrificial lamb in this match. I cannot see Mudo taking this fall. When, when this match was announced, John, I, I put out a tweet saying, well, I know who's win- I know who's losing this match, and it ain't fucking Kishimoto. Well, that's and that's a consistent theme on a lot of these. Like maybe they'll surprise us with with some outcomes on this, but I mean, Evil and Dick Togo against Goshiozaki and Masakitamiya. That is uh, that is throwing a bone to Noah. Uh, Taichi, Minoru Suzuki, and Takamichinoku against Takashi Sugiura, Kazushi Sakuraba, and Kenta. Kenta will be on the Noah side in this six man. Zack Sabre Jr. and Yoshinobu Kanemaru against Naomichi Marafuji and Yoshinari Ogawa. Ishii Goto and Yoshihashi with Master Wato and Ryusuke Taguchi against Taisuke Harada, Hajime Ohara, Daiki Inaba, Yoshiki Inamura, and Kinya Okada. Desperado and Doki versus Yohei and Nosawa Rongai. Um, this is going to be uh, WH's uh, wash and break, I would imagine. Taiji Shimori and Ghetto versus Hayata and Saiki Yoshioka. Atsushi Kotoge versus Sho in the dream match. Tenzan and Kojima with Nagata against King Tani, Mohamed Yone, and Akatoshi Saito, and Kosei Fujita versus Yasutaka Yano. Like, I, I think in a vacuum, I'll probably enjoy this show. I just think that they, there was so much opportunity here of what this card could have been that I think it could have been the big show of the entire week. And it feels more so that it's, it's kind of like this, you know, um, this this friendly get together of two companies. You know, unfortunately, this show, like, look on paper, it fails the oh fuck off uh, test with me, John. It's like oh, Evil Dick Togo versus Shizaki and Kitamiya. Oh fuck off! It's not going to be good. Uh, Desperado and Dauki versus Yohei Nosawa Rangai. Oh fuck off! That's not going to be any good either. You know, Ishimori and Ghetto versus Hayata and Seiki Yoshioka. Oh fuck off! So like, it fails on that level. So I I. I am not excited. I watch it, John, and, and I will review it with you all, all things going well in, in the plan to, to, to watch this. Um, but I, 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 right now, uh, you know, you know, before and uh, on the last show of the year for post wrestling, I'm not excited about January 8th. I, I really am not. Well, we will see. Um, you know, it, the fact that this is a New Japan show, I mean, are you expecting like New Japan commentary, New Japan refs? I mean, it's just, just going to be, is, is there going to be any sort of um, just, just putting on the illusion of like interpromotional? So I, my understanding is that I think Kevin Kelly announced this like on, on Twitter that him and Chris Charlton will be doing the live English broadcast of this. Right. And then, and then Stuart Fulton and Mark Pickering will do the post-production live, com- I, or it might be live, but they're not going to you know, right. broadcast it until it's, it's, that their that their version is sh- the Noah version is shown on uh, Russell Universe. So, but if you order the pay per view, you get the English option. It sounds like it, it's Kelly and Charlton like doing like the live pay per view for in English uh, for everybody who wants that option. Okay, well that that's cool. Um, so there you go. You will have uh, multiple English options uh, after the fact as well. So there you go. Uh, So once again, we will have shows uh, up on Tuesday and Wednesday, which will be uh, 
post wrestling cafe show. So if you're patrons, you will get those shows on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then we will be putting out the show with myself and WH next Saturday, covering the new Japan Noah card. Uh, before we get to the year end awards quickly, just wanted to do an update on all Japan because they will be kicking off their year with their new year wars shows beginning on January the 2nd. And they are without a triple crown champion. Jake Lee broke his nose. And as a result, his match with Abdullah Kobayashi, which I'm not going to lie, WH, there was a, uh, I was kind of looking forward to this Jake Lee and Abdullah Kobayashi uh, to kick off the year. Uh, but that is not going to happen. So the January 2nd show at Korakuen Hall will feature a uh, T-Hawk and L Lindeman against Hokuto Omori and Yusuke Kodama in the main event. And then they're back the next day with another show with Suwama and Shotaro Ishino defending the world tag titles against Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi, which should be a pretty excellent uh, tag title main event. But uh, Jake Lee is out uh, for an extended period of time, probably until his nose heals. I feel bad for Jake Lee. I really do. He's, he's had like the worst year. Even though he became triple triple crown champion, it it was under like the shittiest circumstances. You know, he didn't win it from Suwama because Suwama got COVID. He he won in a really weird three way gauntlet bullshit thing. This happened. Um, you, you got this kind of this kind of bad look to all Japan wrestling with like people like you know uh, Iwamoto leaving and the returning Naoya Nomura John returned for one match his farewell match because he's fucking leaving all japan because apparently everyone in the company fucking hates tajiri because he's the booker and he's shit at it uh which i could have told you like oh yeah he's a shit booker you know but like now but now it's been confirmed apparently by people in the company you know given your um given your disdain for so many bookers that that should have been an award was worst booker because you have no shortage of candidates you would have to pick one uh, you want me to pick one? The yeah, worst one. booker of, of 2022? It's it's fucking Tajiri, John. It's fucking, because like all Japan in 2021 and 2022, I was, I had legit excitement. It's not a perfect promotion by any stretch of the imagination. And there's there's a lot of things I can critique about anyone, like whether it was Shoji Shikawa when he was booking, Shoji Shikawa when he was booking and stuff like that. But like to have so many people leave and like including Zeus and stuff, like these people I don't think they're leaving if it wasn't for fucking Tajiri. So like he, at least Osao Rangai isn't fucking making everyone fucking leave Noah and Ghetto's not like, and Nick, Dick Togo, but people might be not happy with like Dick Togo apparently, but like they're not fucking leaving new Japan. Tajiri is like actively making people quit the fucking company. So yeah, you know, he's the runaway fucking winner of worst booker of the year. I like how you also gave him a new first name as well, uh, multiple times in that in that tirade. So there you go. Uh, worst Booker Crown by WH Park. So that will take us now to WH's year-end awards. Uh, you have a few categories here. So I'm going to tee it up for you. Let us start off with Best Wrestler of 2021. The winner is? Shiri. No doubt about it. The, the person. Did she clinch was... it on Wednesday? She clinched. I mean, she clinched it. Or was it she your with... pick already? She was my pick after the 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 what the June match, John, like the first match with the Tommy, like to me and like. What, what was that, your favorite? Like, uh, throw out the twenty minute draw between June and December. Oh, the 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 June match was my favorite of their three match series, but it's not just that. Just it's not just like she had awesome matches with everybody defending that like mm-hmm. that SWA title, which I hate. 
but hey, you know, like it's not Sherry. Okay, I'll accept it. I, by the way, as a side note, I hope they just unify the title, like those two belts, the SWA title and the world of stardom and just, you know, like that's done. SWA is done. There's only the red belt. What, what is the significance of the SWA title? I don't even know its lineage. It, it's like the belt they had when fucking Tony Storm was like in stardom, I think. Okay. I, and, and it's like, why do you still have it? Because it, it's like another, it's like when WCW had the WCW World Tam- Heavyweight mm-hmm. Champion, and then they had the NWA International Champion. That's what it's kind of like. That's the best analogy I could come up with. It's like, it's fucking useless. There's no point in having it. So just get rid of it. It doesn't even look like a stardom title. Like, I fucking hate that. It's just, if you're going to make all the star- belts look like stars, then do that. Like, I really hope they change the high speed title to look like a fucking stardom belt. Please, just do me that fucking solid, please. Best tag team. Best tag team. So I picked Cherry not for best wrestling, not just because of her singles work, but also because she's in the best fucking tag team of the year too, John, with Julia, the Alto Lavello uh, Kapalawan, which in English means high level craziness. You know, like these two, they brought some like stability to to those goddesses of tag of stardom tag team titles, and and every match they had, every title defense they had, John was fucking awesome, and also they just upped their gear game. Every fucking time too, and is like incredible. You know, I think they peaked with like their homage to like um, Daft Punk, maybe. But Sherry just like was the best wrestler. She was in the best tag team for me. Like, so it, it's just and Julia, it, great, great chemistry with Sherry, and and she was fucking awesome in all all these matches too. Like the great thing about this tag team was like Julia was like, okay, I'm a big enough star, so I'm gonna let. Shuri like shine for the most part in in a lot of our tag team matches together in in our title defenses and to me that's like that's helped Shuri become the the star that she eventually became in 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 uh this past year and stuff like that so like yeah it's it's without a doubt like Julia and Shuri best tag team and also you know best wrestler is Shuri well let's see if Shuri is going to run the table here best match so yeah Shuri versus Utami Haishida from June 12th, uh, 2021 from Oda City Gymnasium. I I love this match. Like, I still think about this match now, John. Like, I De- think definitely about- one of the most, forget just the quality, definitely one of the most important matches this year. Again, this is all relative to the growth that they had, but this was like, this was a match that undeniably made a difference in business for Stardom. I, I remember the aftermath of this match, you know, huge. Like- People who don't follow any Joshi are talking about this match. People are like, oh, it's getting so much buzz. I better watch it. And they don't fucking watch any Japanese wrestling or they don't watch any Joshi. And they wanted, they watched this match and they were like, oh yeah. Like, I don't even know who they, these wrestlers are, but they're fucking, this match was fucking amazing. And yeah, I, I definitely think the buzz from this really helped stardom get to the number two position in, in you know box office sales in, in japan um but you know i gotta i gotta also say like this this match is tied with another match that that also happened from from oda city gymnasium the day after and, and it's a t- it's a match that i still think about and it's, it's kind of a dark horse match john and I, I really want people to go out and watch this match and and when you do go out and read there's tons of articles and I'll tell you how to find them on Google and stuff like that. But I really recommend people watch Team Sendai Girls, Chihiro Hashimoto, 
Dash Chisako and Mika Wada taking on Team Marvelous, uh, Mei Hoshizuki, Mio Momono, and Rin uh, Katakura in the uh, Gaiism Decade of Quarter Century show uh, from uh, June 13th, the day after the, the stardom show uh, at Oda City Gymnasium again. And this this match, this is a, a six-person tag match that was for the is elimination match is for the re revitalized AAW title, AAW tag team title, and the Sendai Girls World Title and the Sendai Girls Tag Team Title, all rights elimination, six person tag team match. And and even if you don't know who any of these fucking people are, John, you will watch this match and you will become a you will come away thinking that thinking that Hichiro Hashimoto is the baddest person in all of wrestling, the toughest person in all of wrestling, and that Mio Momono is the greatest underdog babyface in all of wrestling since fucking Ricky Morton. And and I don't say that lightly, but go watch this. And then when you watch this match, and then you want to like, I want to know the story behind this. Okay, there's a lot of articles in English because like, like all the, the Joshi nerds out there fucking wrote about it. And like, and I'd say that lovingly. I use nerds in a loving way, unlike when I say it on MC later for all the people who nitpick all the fucking trailers, is that people write about this. And if you type in Team Sendai Girls versus, you know, or Sendai Girls versus Marvelous, if you type in Gaiaism, G-A-E-A-I-S-M, you'll probably find links to, to the articles written about this match and you'll get a lot of backstory on this. But go out of your way to watch this match. That's again, June 13th, 2021, Oda City Gymnasium. Gaiaism, Decade of Quarter Century is the name of the show. It's Sendai Girls versus Marvelous. One of the, the greatest six-person tag matches I've ever seen in my life. And that's saying something because I watched a lot of fucking Dragon Gate in my life. You know, after that weekend at Oda Ward City Gymnasium, I think on the Monday they had a, a LARPing convention there. Well, that can go fuck itself because LARPers are nerds. The final category, the best card of 2021. Well, John, before, before uh, you know, the Stardom Show, which wins, you know, Dream uh, Queendom is the number one show. Uh, but before that, I, I was thinking the Cyber Fight Festival from June 6th from the Saitama Super Arena. Uh, June was a fucking wonderful time for pro- professional wrestling from Japan, John. This, sorry, the question was, what a great time it's been for J- Japanese no, wrestling? I, no, June was a great fucking oh, month I thought you were Japanese right. professional wrestling. I like, see, I heard John and you said June. I'm sorry. I said, like, well, I mean, they sound sort of similar. But no, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, a Dream Queendom, Stardom's Dream Queendom from Ryogoku from this past week. You know, John, like, I have a, I have a simple test to determine whether a show, uh, a show overall is really really good and that's the and that's the you know oh go fuck off scale and and, and there was no go oh go fuck off at all zero go oh, go fuck off and like i'm at, at least guaranteed in 2021 at least two oh go fuck offs for any other major pro- men's promotion in, in 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 japan from from this and definitely like i don't watch raw but i'm pretty sure i would have multiple oh go fuck off moments if i watched all three hours of raw I, I doubt it, WH. I think you'd be enthralled if you uh, gave Raw a chance in 2022. But we're not going to subject you to that. Um, no, no, John. Like I'm telling you, like if you create the the super tier, and you get enough, you know, patrons for the super tier, I I will watch Monday Night Raw and review it with you and Way. 
we don't we don't want to kill you. That that would be that would be poor business on our part here at post wrestling. So we need we need to keep WH uh, fresh and and revived with uh you know we'll, we'll give you so much um, awful stuff, but it needs to be it needs to be uh, equaled out by things that that give you life and optimism. Well, you know that's why you know I'm I'm hoping my you know like Japanese wrestling in 2022 is is a lot better. So we we shall see. Yes obviously stardom is like high on your company to watch in 2022. Uh, is there any other company that you see? Like there is a, uh, a scene that is forming that has garnered your interest that you're going to be watching uh, a bit more closely, like maybe not one of the obvious ones, like a uh, all Japan or Noah, but is there anything that's kind of j- just, you're, you're watching and seeing if uh, maybe there could be some advances made in the new year. Um, for me, it's 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 always been a thing for me to want to start rewatching Dragon Gate, yeah, on a more consistent basis. And I I don't know what it is. Like I, it's a big I, blind spot for me. Like it's it's certainly a company I, I wish I could spend more time focused on because I, I read reviews. It just it seems like a, a a company I would certainly get into, and it's more so just um, uh, a sacrifice time. of time. Yeah, it's just time, but it's weird for me because. As as you know, John, I used to fucking love Toriyaman and Dragon Gate, where I've like, you know, I would get the the tapes and like the later later the DVDs when it became Dragon Gate and stuff like that. And for and for what seemingly is like a peak period of the company, especially like you know advancing like a new class of wrestlers, a new generation of wrestlers to main event spots. It's like, why aren't I watching this? So like, it's something I I don't like believe in New Year's resolutions, but it, I'm gonna kind of make. Uh, kind of a new year's resolution to try to watch just try to watch more dragon gate and talk about it on the shows in the future well wh i want to thank you for another great year of shows i always enjoy doing these with you and i look forward to many more in 2022 uh you are obviously a huge part of the site so i appreciate all the hard work you put into these shows and uh making sure everyone is is up to date on what is going on at Oda Ward City Gymnasium on a, on a nightly basis and find uncovering a lot of stuff that maybe goes uh, unchecked otherwise because uh, to the post-wrestling universe out there, WH Park, much like Cody Rhodes' new shirt, not a baby face, not a heel, but WH Park is a winner. Can I just say something about that shirt, John? I am teeing you up for your final address of 2021. Listen, this fucking shirt, I, I, I just had so many thoughts when I saw it when when someone in the Brit Res podcasting community put it in that in that chat group that somehow I'm a member of, and I won't say who put it up there, and I won't say what the response was, but I'm like, oh, that shirt is just in time for uh, an anniversary that's coming up uh, for the uh, demographic that that shirt's obviously for. Like, this shirt is fucking shit, okay? Like, you know what you should do is don't buy that fucking shirt. Go buy the fucking post Perez t-shirt because designed by Robert Pearson because it's fucking awesome. Or go buy the fucking Pillars t-shirt, the long and winding row road t-shirt that's fucking even more awesome than anything related to not a heel, not a baby face, not a heel, where the fuck it says. But like, a, what does it say? Winner? More, it should be fucking loser. That's what it should should say. But yeah. Let me tell you something. We're me. Way's got this idea for a new shirt. I'm not going to say what it is. Hopefully, it comes out sometime soon next year. Buy that instead. Save your money. It's going to be an epic new T-shirt from from uh, from you know from the, uh, the the WH Park corner of fucking post wrestling. 
But can can I just say, John? Like, I, I got I got to put over some people who've who've actually bought T-shirts, the good ones. Let, let me let me thank uh, uh, William from uh, William Corliss here. He bought the Long and Winding Road Road T-shirt. Good on you, William. Thank you so much for that. Also, uh, Paul Delo Santos. Thank you for also buying the Long and Winding Road Road T-shirt. And and you can buy these T-shirts and be winners like these two gentlemen if you go to store.postwrestling.com and and click on, uh, you know. Those t-shirts, plus a multitude of other great t-shirts, including the the waiting, sharing your brain with John Pollock t-shirt. That's a very, you know, perennial favorite among many people. A classic. WH and I will be back a week from Saturday to review the New Japan Noah card. And Wei and I are returning Saturday night after WWE Day One. So that is it for us. Happy New Year, everybody. And thank you for listening to Post Pro Res. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.